Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're diving into the need for and the power in expressing your sexual desire to one another for lifelong connection. And there's an anonymous quote that says, true desire is expressed by action. Only action brings results. And that has been something that we have been talking about since probably the very beginning on the One Extraordinary Marriage. I would say so. After being open, honest, and transparent, it's all been about action. Taking action. Even for ourselves. Absolutely. That's how we've gone to where we are today. And... You know, for all of you that are brand new to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, we're so excited to have you here. One of the things that we do at the the top of every show is that we start the show with a hug, which is an opportunity for you to hear from someone else in the One family whose marriage has been changed, who's seen real growth. And this week's hug is sponsored by the One Conference. And we're going to be sharing more about how you can join us and others in the One family as that conference comes up a little later in the year. This hug comes up, this hug comes from an Instagram message that we received from a new listener that says, I've been reading some self-help books and practicing a lot of self-reflection with work and my personal life. But one day I decided to take a look at my marriage as well. We've been together for six years and married almost two. I know we've drifted, not in love, but in intimacy. And we always blamed time. Mm. We're beginning our family and have been working long hours to prepare financially. I found your podcast and just jump around to whatever hits home that day. Even just the 10 episodes I have listened to have helped me greatly. Mm. Even though my husband doesn't listen, I relay the messages. Turns out there is a specific color of underwear my husband (laughs) likes, a certain way I do my hair and makeup, a certain outfit, a certain sexual position or place, and many other things that we had never discussed in six years of being together. I'm glad I found your podcast before we got pregnant so I have time to prepare and work on things before our family grows and before the added stress. We're still working on it, but our communication is already improved. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's amazing. It's amazing what can happen when one person takes action. I mean, it goes all the way back to that, that quote that we opened with about true, true desire comes as a result of action. And, you know, we get a lot of emails here at One Extraordinary Marriage that have statements in them like, I wish that I knew that my spouse desires me or I have no desire if my spouse even wants to be with me. Or things like... You you mean I have no idea. No idea. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Or I don't know how to express desire. Or I simply just feel like I'm terrible at expressing desire. Mm. Right? There's this whole concept of desire. And and it's one that really trips up a lot of folks. And it causes frustration and, and feelings of inadequacy on both sides. And, you know, whenever we're dealing with one of these words that could have a lot of different definitions or mean a lot to, you know... You and you and you and you and you, you you could ask 10 different people definition of desire and we'd probably get 10 different answers. Or we just don't know what it means. We think we know what it means, but do we truly know what it means? Well, and I appreciate you saying that too, because sometimes it's just one of those words that, yeah, we've heard a lot, Mm -hmm. 
but it just kind of sits there with no real clear understanding. Understanding. And so I I looked it up. I'm like, well, before we talk about it, let's get a working definition. And the word desire can be both a noun and a verb. And so as a noun, it's a strong feeling of wanting to have something or a strong sexual feeling or appetite. Okay. Right. It's that feeling. I, you know, I feel like I desire you as a verb to desire means to strongly wish for or want something or to want someone sexually. Okay. Right. That's the, I desire you. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Even as I say that to Tony across the mics, he's like, the smile is on his face. He's like, I like the verb part of that word more. Well, it goes back to the action. Right. Right. And, and you know, it, it's, I think for a lot of us, it falls into that place of both being both the noun, the feeling and the action. And our marriages actually need both. We need to feel desire and we need to act on it. It's not just a one-sided, you know, it's not a one-sided or one-dimensional word. So let's give some examples. So a noun, a desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or, or a strong sexual feeling and appetite. So what would that look like? So that would be like, you know, I mean, you could, you know, I desire to be close to you, mm-hmm. right? Th- that desire of of closeness right i want that feeling a kiss a hug right cuddling you know it's that holding hands it's that that feeling though you have inside when that happens which is then the verb side of it right Right. desire is to strongly wish for or want something or want someone right so actually i was giving the i gave the verb first but that feeling of desire right that that you know, some people might call it butterflies. Okay. Right. Or it might be that excitement. I mean, I know we were recently back in Boulder, um, Mm -hmm. which is where Tony and I met 25 years ago. And there were just places in and around Boulder. This was really an anniversary trip for us to go back and celebrate that, that first summer together. And there were times where I could remember we'd be standing in certain place, whether it was where we had our first date or the fraternity house that we both lived in that summer because my internship program had rented his fraternity house where I remember the feelings, mm, right? Okay. That, that sense of, you know, Tony would touch my hand and there'd be a, like that electricity of, wow, you know, like what's like something's going on here. Right. And, and that desire, that feeling, you know, on the front end, they often refer to that as being spontaneous desire. Okay. Right. That's kind of the desire that comes before arousal. It's the sparks. It's all that kind of stuff. And then there's a responsive desire that comes as a result of the arousal, right? You you start to feel aroused and then you move into this place of like, I want more. That's sexual appetite. Absolutely. Got it. And, and so you start looking at this from a multifaceted approach. You know, so often we just, we attach desire, I think just to sexual intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I desire sex, period. High desire, low desire spouse. That's what comes to my mind when we, when we say that word. We've referred to that probably Mm -hmm. for as long as we've been saying you have to take action to make change in your marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. because, because there are those words that float about in the marriage world. Like you said, high desire, low desire, no desire. And that is very much the, the verb sense of that word, the action, that sexual desire of one another and how much you even have. Right. Because it's quantifiable. Well, yeah. There is a quantity, you know, I mean, if I want it twice a a week and you want it once, I I would be considered that high desire, but that's a verb because that's something we do. We're having sex. Right. Well, but the feeling would be the, the noun, Mm -hmm. right? And so I'm not going to get into nouns and verbs and, you know, this isn't going to be a whole grammar show, but you know. (laughs) But I think it's, it it helps us to understand that. Yes. Because a lot of times we, we may say, I desire my spouse, but do we understand what that desire is. Is it that feeling or is it that action? 
right? Are we just looking for feelings? Probably as long as we've been saying those two other statements, we've been talking about the fact that feelings are fickle. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I loved even learning about the difference between that spontaneous and responsive desire. Mm-hmm. Because if we're constantly waiting for that spontaneous, like, oh, I, you know, like I want to jump you. Well, over time, that may fade, right? The, the, the intense emotions that you have on the beginning of a relationship can definitely change over time so that you get more into this response of like the feelings of connection that we have make me desire you because we've got this, this compatibility. We've got this history together. We've got, you know, we know how each other's body works and, and things like that. So we can create this feeling of desire, it's, but it's a response to what we've built mm. as opposed to, you know, fireworks going off. Right. Got it. And, and so we move into this mm. place. And you know, one of the interesting things that I read in an article, I'm actually going to talk about the article a little bit later in the show is the fact that one of the biggest sticking points for couples and one of the biggest challenges for them is that, that we expect desire to be high all the time. Yeah. That was an interesting point they made there. Right. And, and so when it's not high, then we think there must be something wrong with us and and all these feelings come up of, you know, confusion and frustration, maybe loneliness, unworthiness or insecurity. All these things come up because the expectation is that I should always feel like there are butterflies going off or fireworks when you walk in the door. Yep. Instead of saying, you know what, like everything, th- there's an ebb and a flow, right? And, and it's it's definitely looking at that over the long term, right? If you just have a few days where you're like, okay, my husband's home or my wife's home, it, it probably doesn't mean the wheels are falling off. Now, if you fall into things like where there's like zero desire and it's been that way for a really long time and you feel more like roommates instead of lovers. And we did a show uh, a while back called Roommate Syndrome. Mm-hmm. It's oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash 473, right? That's a shift. That's a serious dynamic shift. In the, the-, the desire is completely lost from that feeling part of it that and the action, right? right? And that's where that roommate syndrome does come off, come come into play is because there has been that shift and, mm-hmm. and we're no longer connecting. There's no desire. There's no butterflies. There's no feelings. There's no anticipation for one another. And we need to get that back. And we've had many seasons in our marriage where the desire has really, not just a difference between, you know, how much desire do we want to have, you know, towards sex, having sex during the week, right? You know, like Tony said, you know, I want to have, he wants to have sex two or three times and I'm like, I'm good on one or two, but just even the desire to be connected to one another. Oh, there were seasons. Oh, by far, there are times in our marriage over the last 22 years where, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. It was it was totally that that roommate syndrome. We we shared a bed mm-hmm. and we shared a life together, and yet there was nothing really connecting us much more than that. And and when I look at a marriage, I I, I truly know now that that sexual intimacy, that emotional intimacy, that binds us together, the financial intimacy, that's what makes us different from somebody who is single per right. se, right? Because they're doing their life. When we're married, we're doing life together. And when that desire began begins to plummet, you know, as it has for us, it's it's a it's a wake up call. Like, oh my goodness, what's what's going on? What do I need to be addressing in my own life? Mm-hmm. What do we need to address together so we can get that? And I will tell you, since Elisa and I've been constantly like pouring into our marriage and growing together, I have such a desire for her. In, in not just the sexual sense anymore. I, I desire to be with her. I desire to hold her hand and go for our walk and talks and be on the beach and just talking. And then there's those times where, where there is that heightened sexual desire, mm-hmm. but there is an ebb and flow. 
on a day-to-day basis. There are times when it's just like, we're just rolling along through life. And then there are times when it, it's like, no, I want to just hold your hand and walk down the beach with you. Absolutely. And you know, for some, for us, some of those seasons have been around pornography. They've been around seasons. Decrease of, that desire oh, yeah. by, for, on both sides. On I both totally sides. agree with that. Um, decreased desire when the kids were little and there was so much emphasis on just the day to day. And I would say there on that, on that one, when it comes to kids, I think the decrease in desire on your side, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, a lot of that came from the touch factor mm-hmm. oh, that, for sure. that you always had from them. And because they were younger and they're, they're dependent upon you, which, which is how they, they grow up, right? They're mm-hmm. dependent upon their mother if they're breastfed and they're, they're close proximity to their mom. And yet as they start getting older, it is that touch factor. They're constantly touching you and you're touching them. And so there's this decrease in desire for you to even be touched. I remember there are times when I would come up to you and just want to get hugged because I desired just that, that connection with you. And yet you're like, I'm good because you got all the touch. And yet I was sitting here going like, I'm not getting touched by anybody. Like kids aren't coming up to me. There's nobody touching me. I, I need that from you. I need to feel this closeness from you. And I remember those days mm-hmm. of, of feeling so disconnected and not understanding why that was. Absolutely. And, and, you know, so kids, um, pornography, there have also been seasons of deep financial stress and just that, that stress, that anxiety. And those are types of things that can, you know, make, they can make that disconnect grow. And you're just like, I'm dealing with so much in my head that it's hard for me to express desire. It's hard for me to even feel desire. Cause I got so much stuff swirling in my head and stress and that type of thing. And, you know, we asked the one family, you know, do you desire your spouse, which seems, you know, like as you're, if you're part of the one family, it seems almost like a no brainer question. But I thought it was still important that we ask the question sure. because we know that not everyone that listens to the show is in a great place, right? And it's just, you know, going from great to extraordinary. We know that there are a lot of you listen, and 93% of you did say that you desire your spouse. But I want to say for the 7% that are really struggling with this, don't wait to get help. Mm-hmm. You've been, you've been dealing with this for a while. You know, nobody, nobody says that they're, you know, that they don't desire their spouse. But that's just kind of like an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's, um, get, get help. Yeah. Don't wait for that. And, and if you don't have someone that you're working with, check out coaching at one extraordinary marriage.com slash coaching so that you can move forward. Right. Don't be stuck. But as we're, as we're looking at that 93% and, and I said, you know what, tell me, tell me on a scale of zero to 10, zero being, you know, nothing. I got zip, zip, zippo to 10 being like, bring it all day, every day. Mm-hmm. The average score was an eight, which that's awesome. But there were a lot of scores in the zero to five range. Okay. Right. So, you know, that's, where the, would you say you are in that scale of zero to eight? Uh, so on the average, okay. So the question you asked there is on a, on a scale of zero to 10, mm-hmm. zero being the lowest, 10 being the highest. How would you how, rate your desire? How would you rate your desire towards your spouse? Mm-hmm. Okay. And for you, I think I generally hover between a seven and an eight. Okay. If I had to say that. Interesting. What, why do you why do you ask like that? I would I would I would assume that's lower. Okay. On your side, I would I would say on my side it would be probably a seven to eight. Okay, so I'm probably like a five or six. I I would think so. Okay. I I, I think, so. but that's just me, and I mean, 
can that change? Sure thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think when when we when you put this down, it's like we said, you ebb and flow. And even through the course of a month with your cycle, what's your desire level? Are are you at the the mid cycle where you're ready to go and you're rearing? Like there's a high desire mm-hmm. on your end there. And then where you're where you're on the backside of that, where you're sort of like and eh. and again, we're talking about a sexual desire there. But with that also means I think for you on a month to month basis, I find it as you get closer to that mid cycle, you tend to be a little more hands on, a little mm-hmm. more touchy. As you get farther away from it, you're not so much. Absolutely. And so and I just want to share this real quick. Where we've learned a lot about the cycle, like the menstrual cycle is by an amazing book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And you can grab it at one extraordinary marriage.com slash taking charge. Read chapter three. Both of you just read chapter three. That's all it, it's a thick book. And it's not just about getting pregnant, but one of the things that Elise and I have learned over the years is understanding that flow from month to month and how that impacts how we see each other. And I need to understand that at times because I feel like, what's going on? You don't desire me now, but for her, she's on that backside of her cycle. So just, just something to pick up and think about. And you know, you bring up a good point because the fluctuations in desire, you, you mentioned the hormones, right? The differences mm-hmm. in the cycle. It could be hormones. It could be, you know, lack of communication, lack of time. Th- there may be broken trust that's just had these walls come up. As it- we talked about for us, like pornography, you Absolutely. know, when the pornography came out, there's, there, there's a, a, a feeling of rejection too mm-hmm. and broken trust. And so with that, there can be a disconnect between the desire, you know, some of us that that when, when trust is broken, and I will say this for myself personally, whenever I broke trust with Elisa back in the day when I would do that, I felt like regularly at times, my desire heightened because I wanted to be closer to her. And I wanted her to know that I still loved her, even though I screwed up and hers would decrease because for her, it was a way to self protect. Mm -hmm. And so the, the working through that is something that has to be addressed because you may have a spouse who's like, now I desire you more because the trust has been broken, but you're trying to protect yourself. And so with that, you're putting your arm out and wanting distance. One other thing that I want to mention that can impact desire yes. is the medications that you take. Because there are a lot of medications, Mm, specifically the um, anti-anxiety, antidepressants that I know for sure. And I know that there are probably other classifications of medications that partly because of what they're doing to like, you know, impact mood actually also impact desire. And so if you're on medications and you're like, why is my desire in the tank? It may be worth pulling out the, the, you know, the insert that comes with your meds and, you know, looking for the fine print or calling your doctor and saying, hey, what's going on here? Because you need to know, we need to break these patterns of behavior because patterns of behavior of disconnect and, and of this low desire, you know, not wanting to, you know, maybe spend time with each other, not wanting to be sexually intimate, that type of thing. It's easy for those to become ruts in our marriages. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take much in terms of repeated behavior for something to become a rut and ruts are hard to get out of when you allow them to go on for a really long time. Yeah. And I think I've shared this before is like, you know, you're going down a dirt road and you go in and out of that dirt road time and time again, and you get into that pattern in the beginning, it's real easy to get out of that rut. Like if you're stuck in it, you can get just right out of it and, and you can start making a new path. But if you stay in that groove, 
for days, weeks, months, and years, it's going to get deeper and your tire is going to sink inside of that rut. And it's going to be tough. You're going to have to, you're going to have to really pull on that wheel to get yourself out of that rut. And it's the same thing that we fall into in our, in our lives and in our marriages. Absolutely. And you know, looking at all of these different combinations, how do you, how do you, you know, using the analogy Tony just gave, how do you, you know, take the wheel and pull yourself out of that rut? How do you look at where you are with desire right now? How do you look at the fact that if we want to have this long-term relationship satisfaction, we need to have more of that responsive desire that I talked about a few minutes ago, that, that desire that comes, you know, where the arousal starts and then you move into that. You're like, Oh, I want to be with this person. Right. And an understanding that desire is going to fluctuate over time. Give yourself permission to think it doesn't have to be high mm. all the time. And so we want to talk to you about how to create a shift and bring that expressed desire back into your marriage. But first, we want to thank this week's sponsor. And that's the One Conference hosted by Journey Church in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And the One Conference is the culmination of the best strategies from the last 11 years all wrapped up into one day. It's a great way for the two of you to move into a place of better sex, more laughter, and deeper conversations. And the one conference isn't your typical just sit and listen all day type of conference. We've built in actionable couple time with every session. So the two of you can get practical right there at the conference. And, you know, the thing is, is that the reserved and premium seating, mm-hmm. those are moving. Yep. Those are those are actually going to sell out for this conference. And we don't want you if you're going to be there, we don't want you to miss out on that opportunity. So register for this conference and see what's next at oneliveevents.com. You can get all the info on what we've got planned for that day, all the different ways you can connect with us. Go to oneliveevents.com because we're going to see you in Wisconsin in September. We're talking about this concept of desire and you're in this place and you're like, okay, first and foremost, I need to think about what the desire looks like in my marriage. Yes, lots and lots of people, you know, responded to, you know, because I know a lot of you are thinking, okay, Tony and Lisa, put this survey out there, put this question out there and lots of people responded. But what about me? You need to ask yourself the question, how would I rate my desire for my spouse? Because if, if you just kind of keep going where you're going and you don't ever touch base with yourself, that's where you can find yourself in those ruts that Tony was talking about. Yeah. We just get, we just get moving. And, and for me, and I will say this, over the last nine and a half years of doing the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, I can, there have been days or been weeks when I can get that way from week to week. Like I, I'm, I'm just, I'm honed in on what needs to get done for, for business, for family, for kids. And each week that we come to the show, it's that interrupt for me. And that's why we love doing it and we continue to do it. And, and sometimes, you know, and I shouldn't say sometimes, but you know, honestly, when we're doing the show, we're thinking about one couple, who are we impacting this week? How do we touch your life? And so many times I look back now and I'm like, wow, that hit me. That 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 impacted me. And I know what we're what we're going over and what we're going to talk about it. But once I start talking about it, I start thinking about you guys. It also impacts me and goes, "Wow, how am I showing my desire? Mm-hmm. What am I doing right now?" And and it, and and it's just enough to go, "All right, how does that change this week?" At the end of every show, I I love just giving you guys a little boost of or a little action step. Like, what are you doing? Elisa and I are right there. Like. We share this to go, all right, what are we going to do this week to, mm-hmm. to express our desire for one another or, or answer and ask those questions? Where are you from a zero to 10? Mm-hmm. Right, right there alone can open up your eyes to a world of, okay, I see where we're at. 
Well, and I love that this is actually one of the sections that couples can learn about in the Love Deeper uh, assessment and workshop that you can find at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash love deeper, because it's a way to, to look at this, to look at desire in the mm-hmm. overall framework of your, of marriage. your marriage. I mean, it's an amazing yeah. workshop. So you, know, you can check that out. But as uh, one of the other questions I asked in relation to this was, how do you express that desire? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if 93% of you are telling me that you desire your spouse, then I want to know what you're doing so that your spouse knows so that those who wrote in and said, I don't know how to express desire. I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Or I don't know if this connects with my spouse, you've got tools. And one of the most interesting things that came from looking at all these answers was that if you're familiar with the book, the five love languages, the five love languages are touch. Um, so physical touch, uh, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, and acts of service. Mm -hmm. And as I looked at all of the, all of the answers that came in, all of your action items fell into one of those five categories. Wow. Okay. Now here's the thing about expressing desire to your spouse. One of the easiest ways to get them to respond is to know what their love language is, their love language, not yours, so that you can express desire in a way that they can actually receive that information. So if, let's just make this real easy. If yours is acts of service and your spouse is words of affirmation, you cleaning up the house does nothing for them. It does a lot for you, believe me, because you're just like, whoa, look at me and look at this and it's great. And your spouse may be sitting there going like, good on you. The house is clean, thanks. The house is clean, thank you. And yet you haven't said one word this entire day or this week or this month that affirmed your spouse, Mm -hmm. that let them know that you do desire them, that they are amazing, that they are beautiful, handsome, you know, hardworking, whatever that may be. So you, you have to remember when you're looking at the five loving languages, it's very simple for us to just do what we love. Like I'm an acts of service guy. So, hey, it's all good. But if I'm not expressing what is Elisa's, she doesn't, she doesn't receive it, mm-hmm. even though I think she should, but she doesn't. So let's talk about that real quick because you brought mm-hmm. up words of affirmation. If words of affirmation is your spouse's love language, a way that you can give them or express that desire is to say, I love you, is to simply tell them, I think you're sexy or I want you, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, that's the love notes. That's the text messages. If somebody that's words of affirmation and you start giving them that, they're going to respond to that in terms of that expressed desire. If your spouse's love language is touch, this may be the easiest one for some of you. And, you know, it, it's not my love language. It's one of Tony's. And so I actually have to think through, you know, I have to hold hands with him, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I choose to hold hands with him. I choose to snuggle. You know, it's, he's very affectionate. So often I will get the, the hugs, the snuggles, the, the hitting of my butt. You know, he'll come up to me in the kitchen and hug me and squeeze my butt. Right. And to the kids dismay. Well, you know what? Teenagers got to be, you know, they just got to roll their eyes. Can I say something real quick? And then we'll go through the other ones. If you've taken this at one time or another mm-hmm. and you're, you're going, Hmm, is that still the same? You may want to just go through the, the self-assessment and see where you guys are now. We can actually link to that. Okay. They have an online version. Okay. That so we we'll, can... we'll put those in the show notes for you guys. And so that way you can, you can do that because don't forget over time, we do change. Mm-hmm. Things do adjust. So we may be working on old information where we, when we first did it, spouse's love language was words of affirmation, and yet it's changed and now it's time. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, when it comes to time, it's being attentive emotionally. Put down your phones. You know what I mean? Put down that phone. Being available. And, and when I say being available, I'm saying being available emotionally, physically, mentally. It, it, it may mean turning off the TV, turning off the noise, getting away from the distractions, you know, doing something that your spouse wants to do, not what you want to do. You know, sometimes we have to die to ourselves and, and lift our spouse up and just go, I'm going to go do it because I love you in this time together is important. If you know, if their his or her love language is gifts, think of those things that you can you know bring to them as a gift. You know, it may be flowers, right? I, I we've got one couple that when the pink flower truck rolls up, there are all kinds of smiles, and she knows that he is expressing desire. You know, it could be getting that sexy underwear like that wife from the hug, right? Yes, that you know it's a gift for her and for him, right? Mm-hmm. It's a double whammy. You, you, there there are a number of different gifts, and they can go from they can range. A great way to do this is going to Amazon. If your spouse is one of those people who is gifts, tell them to start a wish list there. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a perfect way to know what they're looking at. And maybe at, at times you could purchase something. Elisa and I tried this in the in the past, the Amazon wish list, but neither of us are gifts. And and so we have them and yet we really didn't use them because it didn't fit us. But your spouse may be that person or you may be that person where you're just like, man, something just fun and cool once a month, once a quarter, it really just lights you up. So put it in your wish list and let your spouse know where it is. It can be private and you're good. Acts of service. Hey, massage, which also could be that touch as an acts of service. When I think of acts of service personally, my, my acts of service tend to be chores around the home or doing things around the house that just it's clean, it's tidy, there's not messes. Real quick though, when mm-hmm. I, when those things get done, is that an expression of desire though? Or is that just something that says I love you? Mm, that's, a, that's a good point. Because... That's a very good point. I, and I'm not trying to trip you up here, but I, I think, you know, you have to, especially if your spouse is acts of service, and actually for any of them, you may have to ask, what can I do to express the desire? Mm-hmm. Because I, th- I think there's one thing, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that cleaning up the bathroom sink is a way of saying, I want you, but you would, when we did the five love languages, that was a way for me to say, I love you. Correct. Yeah. So, and that's a great distinction that would need to be made. I would say having the bed made though, and sheets washed or something of that nature, I would say that though, because it's more in relation to the sexual intimacy that would make a difference for me. A clean bedroom per se. Like we, we just came back from a trip and both Elisa and I, we still have luggage just sitting in our room. Right. It, it doesn't mean we can't have sex, but I'm saying if you were to go, oh, you know what? I'm going to make sure all this just gets gone mm-hmm. or just all that's gone. I'm going to just put the the luggage at the top of the staircase so I take it away and the room is fresh and looks great and is set up. I think to me, that's like, okay. Mm-hmm. She's she's expressing that desire and one and in a way that I would respond. Absolutely. And you know, we've given you a lot of different ideas. Take these, make them your own, and get to this place where you're expressing desire that that looks the way that you look, that looks the way that your spouse looks, and that starts to grow this connection between the two of you. And I just want to remind you guys, next week is episode 500, and we Yay. can't wait to celebrate with all of you. So make sure to submit your hug to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com, and we're going to read as many as we can during that show. Yeah, we're excited, you guys, and we thank you so much 
for all you've done over these years. I mean, we are truly blessed and honored by each and every one of you. And we hope that as you listen to this show, that your your desire for your spouse grows. It grows. It, it's you're understanding it more. You're 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 able to just talk about it together. I would say, what's it mean? Where are you guys from a zero to zero to ten? Maybe just start there this week, and then grow from that and see where it goes. Elise and I have learned a lot of ourselves and of each other, and I will tell you the ebb and flow from year to year and month to month and day to day, that, that's real, it happens. But do know that there was a day, there was a time when you guys first met that there was such desire for one another and we can get back to that, we can. And I, and I can say it, and Elise and I can say it personally from knowing each other 25 years, that 22 years married, we desire each other more now than I would say when we did first meet. And it's such a stronger bond because of what we've gone through together. We love you guys. We're excited to hear about what happens in your marriage as the desire increases and you understand each other's desires more. Love you guys. Take care and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.